From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Usha Mehta, Dean of USF Health College of Nursing and Senior Associate Vice President at USF Health. Usha, thank you so much for being here today. It's an absolute pleasure, Abby. Thank you so much. Let's dive in. Before joining USF Health, you participated in the National Institute of Health All For Us Research Program, where a one million person detailed clinical database was used to speed up health research and medical breakthroughs. From your experience, how is the use of big data transforming the way we understand medical research and innovating healthcare services? Yeah, it's a great question, and thank you so much. Um, it was a wonderful time to be able to contribute to the All of Us program, which was uh, pioneering in its effort to create a one million person database from across the nation and really going across race, ethnicity, people with disabilities, people who were well, people who were ill with chronic illnesses. And the whole purpose was really for us to start to understand trends Hmm. in how to manage disease and how to manage health promotion uh, so that we could then personalize it. So it almost seems odd, right? You're looking for big data, you're looking for trends, and then you're using that data to personalize the treatment, the um, advice that's being given to each individual person because we've come to understand what those trends mean. And so in order to be able to narrow it down, to tailor, to personalize you know, the, the healthcare that's being delivered to the individual, it is important first to bring together all of the data in large groups and look to see what kind of trends are happening. Otherwise, you run into the danger of making a decision based on having seen something happen twice. You know, twice could be a coincidence. It's not necessarily a pattern. So it was a wonderful opportunity to contribute being one of the 11 centers um, around the country that were mandated to really move precision medicine forward through the use of big data and looking for trends and patterns. Right. Your academic interests include the nursing workforce and curricular development in Ethiopia and India. As the U.S. is facing a shortage of nursing professionals, recruiting internationally has become a viable option for many healthcare institutions. How can educational institutions help in facilitating a quicker incorporation of foreign nurses into America's healthcare system? And what other innovative methods can be implemented to solve this shortage? Another great question, and it's, this is a big dilemma, right, for all of us, and it's almost a moral dilemma at some point. Do we contribute to the brain drain from these other countries because we have the resources to be able to bring foreign nurses here? I think the critical thing for um, healthcare delivery organizations to really focus on is that they are working with reputable agencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are hearing horror stories of people really being trafficked. And you tend, you tend to think about that in terms of abducting people and sexual trafficking, but really this is bringing people over, keeping them in small apartments, not paying them what they're worth uh, because they don't understand the language, etc. So I think for healthcare uh, organizations to really look at who they're working with and to set up their own pipeline, perhaps with a lo- without a lot of the, the middle agencies that can end up with these nurses in really bad situations. 
Another creative way for us to speed up their entry into the profession here, as you said, would be to work with schools of nursing to do boot camps, you know, helping those nurses understand culturally how healthcare is delivered here. There are vast differences, you know, if you're in the Philippines or you're in India and how you deliver care and the status of nursing there as opposed to the status of nursing here. So it is very critical, I think, that they are part of a socialization program and that could easily be done through schools of nursing, integrating them into some of our senior coursework or clinical work, etc. And then the, the last piece is, you know, how much do we want to always depend on bringing nurses from outside? We've done that through the last surge and shortage, you know, in the 90s. So there's a need to look at our own systems. There's a need to look at why is our system so broken? that every time we have an emergency of some kind, we don't seem to be able to handle it from within. So here at the US of Health College of Nursing, we're looking at unique partnerships with industry to work on retention mm-hmm. of those nurses, those nurses who are leaving early because they're so burned out during the pandemic, those nurses who said, this is not the profession for me anymore because they faced some really horrible choices that they've had to make professionally. And so we're working on retention programs. We're working with our area healthcare organizations on, um, you know, setting up small group coaching, working on building resiliency, uh, decreasing stress, giving nurses those self-care tools, empowering them to be able to take a step back, take care of themselves so they can go back into the workforce, you know, to care for others. And that's another partnership I think that's going to be important. I think the critical thing to realize is that this is not one single person's responsibility or one sector's responsibility. And I I talk about this more recently in terms of that collective ambition of coming together. And here in Florida, what we're seeing really is we have a collective ambition from the legislature, from industry, from academia and the community. We're coming together to say, how can we resolve this? It is no longer one group's problem. It has become our problem to solve. What have been some of the key takeaways in your work thus far on retention with the local community? I think being here in academia, where we're a little bit isolated, I think, sometimes from what's happening, you know, on the front line. For me, I don't think I realized how truly horrific the conditions were under which nurses were working. And that's what really fueled this passion and desire for me to say our college is going to be at the forefront of working with industry. Uh, I think I, I, I am surprised at how broken the system actually is. I think we've been band-aiding it for so long that so many of us tend to forget that the actual pipeline, you know, what was happening to nurses for so many years, we hadn't been paying attention to it. Is an industry that is constantly changing, especially with the rise in prominence of telemedicine and medtech. What are some creative strategies USF Health College of Nursing is using to maintain market-driven curriculum that is relevant to the changing expectations of employers? And, you know, um, one of the things that really worries me as we think about using more technology and using telehealth and telemedicine is, are we exacerbating health inequities? Mm -hmm. Are there groups we are leaving out simply because they can't access telehealth? They don't have the bandwidth at home. They don't have uh, phones that can easily access, you know, um, telehealth platforms. And are we training providers to truly deliver healthcare? It isn't as simple as getting somebody on a screen and just 
talking to them or getting them on the phone. There are ways in which you have to assess the individual when they're on camera across from you, as opposed to if that person was in my room and I was able to touch their skin and see how cold and clammy it was, you know, whether it was tempting when I pulled the skin up in terms of their hydration. Um, And so we are really working hard to help our students understand that telemedicine is more than just getting somebody at a distance, but there's a way in which you deliver care. There are cultural issues. One of the things that we realized is that, you know, there was a pilot program here that we were looking at for prenatal care. Well, some of these women live in very poor conditions and they didn't want to turn their cameras on because they didn't want somebody in a clinic to see their living conditions. And they may have had three or four people sleeping in the same room. It's natural. People are poor, but that doesn't mean that we leave them out of this digital revolution. So that said, I think you asked what some of those creative strategies that we've been using are. One of the things we've done here is we've applied for a grant to get a mobile health unit. And we feel that, you know, some communities, we may need to take the healthcare to them as opposed to being able to ask them to come in or phone it in, you know, all the time. So that's one way that we thought our students would get a real understanding, perhaps, of what it's like to be in that community, what it's like to live in that community. Um, The other strategies, as I mentioned, are really helping them understand what it means to deliver care over a distance, that it is not just talking to somebody on the phone, but there's ways in which you have to ask the questions. There's ways in which you elicit answers differently than if the person were sitting in front of you. And as we round out today's discussion on creativity, what role does creativity play in remaining competitive in today's landscape? I think that every college of nursing and every healthcare organization must learn how to be creative and uh, cliche though it may be to think outside the box. I don't think we can afford to, from from an academic standpoint, sit in our ivory towers and say, you know, the world is going to go by and that we'll just put our students out. I think we have to learn how to drive some of the healthcare delivery. And we do that from the academic perspective. And that means thinking differently every single day. That means being nimble and agile when things have changed. Uh, Although we had so many challenges during the pandemic, one of the things I think I was most grateful for was being here at the University of South Florida, where there were some amazing people that helped us quickly pivot to online instruction, quickly pivot to how we were going to clean buildings. Uh, That ability to be nimble and agile, I think, really put us at the forefront of how we handled this, this world shift, the seismic shift in how we were living our lives. So I think creativity is going to be incredibly important uh, and it should be encouraged. And I think that we should be giving away awards to our students and encouraging them to think of new ways to deliver curriculum, new ways to learn and new ways to teach. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Usha. Absolutely. It's been a delight. Thank you. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.